Thank you for listening to the Cultivate Church audio podcast. We hope you are encouraged, inspired, and motivated. Now here's today's message. Hey, I'm glad you guys are here. We're in week three of a series we've called Insta. And all month long, really, we've been talking about relationships. How do we honor God in the context of our relationships? In week one, we talked about dating, how to honor God through the dating process. How many of you know the Bible actually gives instruction, gives us wisdom as it relates to that? Last week, we talked about marriage and how do I have a God-honoring marriage? Can I tell you, the Bible gives us wisdom on that. It's actually, it's an open book test. A lot of us are walking through life going, I have no clue how to do this. And the Bible tells us how we can have a God-honoring marriage, fulfilling, life-giving marriage. It's not always going to be perfect, but can I tell you, because we're human, can I tell you, if we'll do it God's way, it works. It really does. It works. I would encourage you, log on to cultivatechurch.tv. Check out those messages. I promise you, I promise you, God will change your marriage if you, uh, if you allow Him, if you'll follow His instruction through His Word. Today, uh, I've titled your notes, Family Life. Come on, hashtag family life. Why Insta? Here's what I've known. I've, I've grown to learn. Our generation, really in the past 10 years, 11 years, really we have grown to define who we are by what we see in other people. Most of us, no matter how, how good we feel like we have done, how much we feel like we may or may not have accomplished, um, the moment we log on to social media and see what everyone else seemingly has accomplished, like it completely just, doesn't it just wipe you out? Like anybody else been there? Man, you know, we're, we're pastors and we're church planners and there were seasons in our church we'd be like, man, three people got saved today. God, that was so cool. And then we log on social media and somebody's like, 287 people baptized this morning. And we're like, man, we suck. Like, like what are we doing? Like, we're just, we're, what, are, what, are, what are you doing, God? And like, you do the same thing in your own context, don't you? Like you, in your own business or in your own family. And you're like, man, I think we're, we're making strides. We're moving forward. And then you wake up like all people do and they roll over and they scroll through social media. And like, it's, man, I'm not good at all. Here's the thing. It's not, it's all, it's not even, it's all relative. Most social media, like, like nobody puts the bad stuff, right? Nobody puts the things that they, you know, nobody puts the 3,000 other pictures, um, and nobody posts on bad days, unless you got a one in the reserve, you know what I mean? Like, I got a bad day, and here's a picture from three weeks ago when it was awesome, and you, like, slide it in as if it was today. Uh, like, nobody does that. Like, it's always the good stuff, and, and, and the problem is we value who we are. It's an attack of the enemy. We value who we are based on what we see in other people. And it is killing us. It is literally wiping us out. It's making us ineffective in our families, ineffective in our relationships, ineffective on our jobs, ineffective in life, because we spend our life comparing ourselves to someone else. So today, we're going to talk about the family. How do we not compare ourselves to the perfect family on Instagram or Facebook or social media or fill in the blank wherever it is that you're looking? How do we not completely um, just compare who we are, where we are as a family, the home that we live in. Come on, y'all see filters of people's homes, perfect homes with 37 filters on it. And you're like, man, I wish my house looked like that. And they're like, theirs don't even look like that. Like, you know, they're, they're like, they don't even, it doesn't look that way. It's not that way. It's all a facade. And can I tell you, if we would realize the reality that life is a facade outside of, of, of the reality 
Come on, it would go a long way, wouldn't it? Wouldn't it go a long way? So today, we're talking about the family unit. First Peter chapter 4, verse 8 is our theme verse. Let's read that together. All month we've read it. Most important of all, continue to show deep love for each other. For love covers a multitude of sins. We've said it this month already. You know, sin, it separated us from God's presence. It did. He can't be in sin physically. God, he's holy, right? He's righteous. He can't be around it. But it never separated us from his love. Come on, it was his love that brought us back to his presence and show deep love for each other. What does it look like? Today, we're really going to be kind of talking about one word. I want you to write it down. It's not in your notes. Just write it on it somewhere. The word foundation. Come on, say that word with me. One, two, three. Foundation. The word foundation. It's a big word. It matters. Here's the, what we have. We've got some boxes up here. This really represents our lives. It represents our families. It represents how many of us are trying to survive every single day. We've got it, and it's just out of order. It looks as if any moment that could... First experience, I did that, and the whole thing failed. Like, it can, it can tilt at any moment. And here's how I know most people are living their lives. We've got this thing built, and obviously anybody with common sense would go, hey, that's not in good order. You need, some, you need a strong foundation if you're going to do anything like if you're going to build it, if it's going to, if you're going to be stable, you got to build it on foundation. But most of us just kind of keep stuff in whatever order we make it in. And then this is how we hold it together. We spend our whole lives holding it. Don't move. Can't do anything. Because if I let go, right, it's going to fall. We do that to our marriages. If I let go, if I take my hands off this thing, like I'm doing everything I can to hold it together. We do it to our kids. Come on, helicopter parents. We do it to our kids. Man, if I let them go, they're going to they're gonna fall and it's not going to be good. My son fell off the porch uh, Saturday, off the whole porch, busted his face, his lip. You know what I mean? I was there. Obviously, it's my fault. You know what I'm saying? And no, it wasn't my fault. He was just dumb. You know what I mean? Like, don't fall off the porch. But we're doing, like, we're, we're holding on, thinking that this is how we hold it together, thinking that this is how the stability of our life, that the stability of my life depends on who? Me, holding it together, right? That's what we think. The stability of everything, it depends on me and my hands holding it together. And if I let it go, what's going to happen? What if I told you today that the right order, that God's order, a life-giving life, a God-honoring life, a fulfilling life, the life that Jesus said, I came to give you life and life to the fullest, has nothing to do with me holding on to it. What if I said it really has nothing to do with me holding on to it, but has everything to do with the order and priority that I place it in? I'm going to pray with you today, and I'm going to give you some steps of what that looks like, all right? I believe it's going to be life-changing for some of us. Father, we love you. Thank you for your word, that it's alive and real and breathing. Thank you that it's good, that it involves your plan for my life, that is an abundant life, for my good and for your glory. So, Father, I pray that you get all the honor out of our lives. God, that we begin to make little tweaks that lead to high peaks, that we stop holding on to everything, thinking it all depends on me. But as it relates to our family today, God, I pray that we let go and let you, that you take control, that you take authority, and that you get all the honor. In Jesus' name. Come on, we all said it? Amen. Number one, if you're taking notes, please take notes. You're going to remember 80% of the things you write down, and I promise you I'm going to give you some dumb things that I don't want you to remember. 
So let's just all agree today, you're not going to write down the dumb things, okay? Uh, and you're going to write down the things that are good. Number one, the order of the family. Come on, it has an order. The order begins with God. It begins with God. Come on, everybody say, it begins with God. It begins with Him. We're going to spend most of our time in Colossians chapter 3. If you've got a Bible, you can turn there. The, the Scripture's in your notes. It says, and let the peace that comes from Christ rule in your hearts. You want to underline that. I've got that underlined in my notes. Let it rule in your hearts. For as members of one body, you were called to live in peace and always be thankful. And I love this, verse 16. It says, let the message about Christ in all of its richness fill your lives. Fill, fill your lives. Rule in your hearts hearts. Here's what I've grown to know, that many of us, though we see as God as somewhat valuable, most of us at some point in our lives would, would, would probably say that God probably wasn't first in my life. He wasn't the most valuable thing in my life. And the reality is there is an order to the hand of God on your life. There's an order. He's got to be first. I want you to ask yourself this question. First check in your notes, where does God rank in my life? Come on, take the test right now. Ask yourself, where does he rank? What place does God get in my life? Come on, how much time am I spending with him? How much time does he have in my life? Can I tell you this today? Jesus doesn't want to just be your Savior. Ultimately, he wants to be your Lord. From the Savior we receive, come on, Jesus gives us grace. We receive salvation. We receive his love. But from the Lord, right, we give. To the Lord, we give. He's Lord of our lives. And it's easy to call him Savior. Come on, everybody wants a Savior. Nobody wants to go to hell. Come on, the church I grew up in, y'all, I'm going to tell you, it was, it was hellfire and brimstone. You know what I'm talking about? Like every week, ah, the Lord ah, will. I mean, I mean he, I'm talking, that man could walk on pews. I'm like, it was a, whoo, I got saved every week. Y'all know why? Because I was scared of hell. I'm still scared of hell. I don't want to go there. It was never created for us. But can I tell you, like, it wasn't about like that. It's not about the fear of it. Jesus wants to be Lord of your life. He don't want to just be Savior. Come on, he was Savior every week growing up. Like, I was scared that I didn't want to go to hell. He was my Savior. But can I tell you, there was a long season of my life that he did not have lordship over me. I accepted him as Savior. No, I don't want to go to hell. Come on, anybody, any common sense person on the earth will go, no, I don't want that. Give me that. But then when you talk about lordship, that's a whole other thing. Ah, I don't know. God, you can be a foundation in my Sundays. I'll give you that. But man, I don't know about my finances. I don't know about my, my relationships, my, my family. I don't know about my, my hobbies, my to-dos, my time. I, you can have my sometime. But come on, if he's Lord, he's got you all the time. He wants to be Lord of your life. Does he have, where does he rank? Where does he rank? It's not enough to have Jesus on your list. Come on, he's got to be first on the list. I would even go a step further. That the list of priorities that I have in my life, every one of them have to revolve around him. He's not just first, like he encompasses. He is the list. He's first. Can I tell you this? A spouse that's only 75% faithful, Ain't faithful at all, are they? 
Come on, somebody that's only halfway faithful, that's not faithful. What does it look like? Does God, come on, is He the foundation of my life? Where does He rank? Next thing you need to know, next check, is you go, okay, I'm answering that question. Here's what you need to know. Action speaks the loudest. Actions speak the loudest. What I do says a whole lot more than what I say. Say what you want. Read a story this week about a guy, a group that went deer hunting. They paired off in twos for the day. And uh, one night, one of the hunters, uh, like they, rec- they came back alone, staggering under the weight of a big eight-point buck. They were dragging it back, and they were like, hey, where's Harry? You went out with two of you. He's like, I don't know, man. He had a stroke back there somewhere, and I, I'm, I'm coming out. I got this deer. I had to bring him in. I go, what in the world? He said, well, I figured nobody was going to steal him, but if I left that deer out there, it was going to be gone when I got back, so I'll go back and get him later. <laughs> Come on, it's what you value. What we, what we do speaks way more than what we say. I tell you, you can, you can post all kinds of stuff that you love Jesus and have WWJD bracelets and cool <laughs> bumper stickers and and talk about it on social media all you want. But if that's the extent of your faith and relationship with God, can I tell you, he's not the foundation. He's got to be the foundation. The hand of God on my life depends on the foundation, the order that he gets. So three things I want you to monitor. You ready? I need to monitor my time, my talent, and my treasure. Come on, God, how much time do you get? How much of the favor that you've placed on my life? How much of my talent, my giftings, my career, what you've blessed me to do, how much of that belongs to you, and then how much of my resource, come on, how much of it am I honoring you with that you get the first and the best of my life? God goes first. Number two, you ready? This one's huge. This one's big. Number two is, anybody probably guess it, it's my spouse. My spouse. Come on, there's an order. There's an order. He continues with this order in Colossians chapter 3. You ready? The message version. I love this. Wives, understand and support your husbands by submitting to them in ways that honor the master. In ways that honor the master. Husbands, go all out in love for your wives. Don't take advantage of them. Come on, I love the message version because it don't tell us husbands. It don't tell men. It don't tell us to understand our wives. <laughs> it tells you to understand us because let's be honest, a man's pretty easy to understand. You know what I'm saying? Like we could... All day long. I love what it said. Go all out in love for your wives. What he, what's he saying? Hey, husbands, do the best you can. <laughs> like, do go all out. Like, love them. Care for them. Serve them. Don't take advantage of them. What does that mean? Come on, it's, it's husband going, I'm not going to spend an extra 10 hours at work this week while my wife's taking my kids from ballpark to ballpark to ballpark and feeding them and doing homework and cleaning the house and all of the stuff that she goes. I mean, I'm, I'm not going to take advantage of that. Man, I'm going to love her, I'm gonna honor her. Come on, she is next to God. He is next to God. Let me tell you how to. Let me tell you how to fix, figure this out. Is it true? Do they get it? Number one, you're on the check mark. You ready? Who owns the calendar real estate in my life? Come on, look at your calendar. Who has most of the time? Come on, a quick glance at a calendar will tell you if your marriage is important, won't it? Come on, when was the last date night? When was the last getaway? When was the last conversation that didn't include things that had to be done? 
or kids that were misbehaving or stuff that had to happen? When was the last conversation that wasn't a business transaction? Come on, y'all remember well, back in the day, some of y'all don't remember this because all y'all do is text and you've never, had to, uh, you've never had the privilege of talking to a phone that was connected to a wall. Uh, you know what I'm saying? Like we had that and man, you know, back in the day when you would talk and you were pursuing one another, you didn't have nothing to say, but you just wanted to hear them. <sighs> And come on, you had to pay attention to what you were saying because somebody could listen on the other line. <laughs> somebody had that other phone picked up, listening to what you were saying. And you knew the pattern of breathing. That was my mom or that was my brother. Or that was like, you knew, right? You spent time pursuing. When was the last time that you like pursued one another? Who's got the calendar real estate? Come on, if you're honest, do your kids run your life? Does your career run your life? Your hobbies, come on, does it take over all of the real estate? Let's be honest. What is the order? Come on. God, my spouse. God, my spouse. What does it look like? There should be stability. Come on, my wife and I, we talk to each other every day. Y'all like, yeah, y'all work together. We would have done it anyway, all right? We call one another all the time. Not because we have to, not because it's an obligation, not because it's like, oh, it's two o'clock, I gotta call my wife. Like it's a like you get one phone call in the jail every day, and that's how you gotta call. It's not that, right? I want to talk to her. We know where each other are. Like it's not a big deal. It's not jail. Like we we know where one another is all the time. It's not a because we wanna be, we we love one another. We want to be around one another. We're doing life with one another. We're not alone. Come on, we're intentional. Because I respect my wife, it's not a major, but we're not, as much as we can, we don't just intentionally spend time alone with the opposite sex. Why? Because I care for her. I, I want to respect her and honest her. We have, we have access to one another's passwords and all of the different things that we have in our life. Why? Because we value one another. It's God and us. It's God and us. She gets the real estate on my calendar, I, we've got a calendar. We use we use digital calendars, and and we've got one that says family. And before I make an, a, a, a anything on my calendar, I travel a good bit, and I do a lot of ministry things. And before I ask anything, I put it on the calendar, and she gets a veto. If if she gets a veto, no, this is going on, or man, you don't want to miss the kids this, or you don't want to do that. Like she gets the the calendar real estate in my life. Why? Not because I'm less of a man, but because I love my wife but because I love her. It's God, it's her. Can I tell you, that's not always been the case. It's not always worked out that way, but we're doing our very best to grow in what it looks like to have a God-honoring family. Bill Gates said this in his 20s, in a documentary, he said, in my 20s, my end-of-the-year assessment was one question. Is Microsoft software making personal computing dreams come true? And he says, if I've grown, as I've grown older, I realize that that was wrong. I realize as I've grown older, it needs to be this. Did I devote enough time to my family? Did I, did I, do I devote enough time to my family? What does it look like? You do life together. Come on, the calendar belongs to your spouse first. Come on, date night. Come on, have a date night. Date night, mate 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 night. Date night. Mate night, write it down, date night, mate night. You should prioritize your spouse. Prioritize it. It's God, it's them. There is no other thing on earth that should take 
more priority or precedence in your life. That order matters most. God, I don't have enough time. You'd have time if you prioritize. Give real estate first to God, to your spouse. What does that look like? Number three, if you're taking notes. Come on, this is so countercultural right here. God, spouse, if you got them, kids. God, spouse, kids. God, spouse, kids. I love this, Colossians 3.20. Keeps on. Come on, it's the foundation. It's the order. You ready? Children, do what your parents tell you. And I get a huge, big old, amen. Do what your kids tell you. This delights. <laughs> do what your parents tell you. Listen to what it says. This delights the master to no end. Come on. Listen, kids, you want the hand of God on your life. Honestly, truthfully, you want the hand of God on your life. You know it's one simple thing. It is easy. You want God's hand to be on your life. Honor and obey your parents. I promise you, God's hand will be on your life. You will see favor in your life, in your school, in your act, whatever you do. God's hand will be on your life. It's a promise of the word. He says, hey, obey your parents that your days may be long and prosperous. Come on, obedience. Obey your parents. Honor your parents. In 20, verse 21, parents, don't come down so hard on your kids. You'll crush their spirits. What's he saying? Don't make it difficult for them to obey you. Stop being a jerk at the house. Stop, stop domineering over them. Like, it's okay to be kind. Don't make it so difficult. Don't make it hard for them to want to walk in obedience to you. Like, love them. Like, spend time with them. Model to them. So many parents are like, yeah, I'll I, I take my kids to church. I want them to know about God. But the one thing, that the only time they hear anything about a relationship with Jesus is when you do take them to church. Can I tell you, it's not enough. We have an hour a week here. Our church is awesome. We have an incredible kids ministry. Like they do an incredible job. I'm, I'm so thankful for it. But can I tell you on its best day, there's an hour of influence for your kids. At the very best, we're a good resource for you. We're a good resource. We're a tool that you can use. But can I tell you, if your kids aren't getting the gospel from you at any other point in time, they're not in the right order in your life. God, my spouse, my kids. It can't be this, church. Come on, it can't be this. Stop letting it be this. Stop. It's out of order. It's broken. It's got to be. It's got to be. Can I tell you, the very best thing you can do for your kids is to see them love you, love one another faithfully and passionately model to them. Charles Barkley said this. He said, I'm not a role model. Come on. He, that is true. He said, just because I can dunk a basketball doesn't mean I should raise your kids. That's the truth. Come on. I am the model for my kids. You are right, wrong, or indifferent. Come on. Good day, bad day. Whether you like that idea or whether you hate that idea, you are the model for your kids. Check this out. 75% of all young people in substance abuse centers around fatherless homes. 71% of all school dropouts are from fatherless homes. 90% of homeless and runaway children are from fatherless homes. You go, oh, we got that. I'm in the home. I'm there. But check this out. Here's a statistic. 
the average father in America spends seven minutes or less a day talking to their kids. Y'all know what that is? That's a fatherless home. It's a fatherless home. Come on, it's God, my spouse, not my career, not my hobbies, my kids. I'm the model. I make the difference. They're going to be who I am. Your kids will become who you are. So let me encourage you. Be what you want them to be. Start living a God-honoring, life-giving life. As my son and daughter's father, listen, I want them to see God through me. Here's what God looks like. Come on, God pays attention to me. He wants to spend time with me. Come on, he's there for me. He wants to bless me. He wants to give me good things. He loves me unconditionally. He teaches me. Come on, I want to teach my kids. I want to be there for them. It is a priority in my life. I'm going to make decisions. The real estate on my calendar is decided and placed. And y'all, it ain't because I'm not busy. There's all kinds of stuff going on in my life, just like you. You're unbelievably busy, but busy's not the, busy is not the culprit. Purpose is the culprit. You can live a fulfilled life and still order it correctly and still order it in a way that honors God. Come on, it's God, my spouse, my kids. I'm building stability. I'm building the house on a rock. Come on, it doesn't matter when I build it correctly if I'm holding on to it or not. God's hand is on it. Come on, number three, if you're taking notes. It's God, it's my spouse, it's my kids, and it's my church. It's my church. Come on, ask yourself this question. Is the house of God a priority in my home? Is it a priority? Come on, is the house of God? Scripture teaches, you know, you don't have, I hear it all the time, especially, you know, you don't have to go to church and be saved or have a relationship with God. Yeah, I understand that. But listen, I, 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 I kind of get what you, what, you, what you cook in there. But listen, you're not really married if, you don't, if, the, if the groom doesn't have a relationship with the bride. Right? Like you say it all you want to, but if you never see each other, if you don't sleep in the same house, and you don't do life together, you can say what you want, paper can do what it wants, but you're not living a married life. The church is the bride of Christ. Come on, it's God's plan A. There is no plan B. We're the church. We exist for the world. Can I tell you? So goes the family. So goes the church. Because the church is not a place you go to. And if your order is where it needs to be, you are the church. You're an influence in your community. You're an influence in your neighborhood. You're an influence on your job. You're an influence in your workspace, in school, in every aspect of your life. If you're ordering your life according to God's word, you are the influence. Come on, God's, God's house is a priority. My kids are a priority, but they're not a priority. They're not the top priority. They're not the only priority. They don't own the real estate on my calendar. My job, you know what your job is, mom, dad? You know what our job is? Like, we got about 18 years, some of us. Some of us, you know, it, it extends a little longer or whatever. We got, we, got about, we got roughly about 18 years to train and prepare our kids to go, to leave, and be somewhat 
hopefully, decent, good human beings in society, right? Hopefully, that's our job. We're training them. They can't have priority. My son comes into my room sometimes. He's three. He's got this idea that he's going to like sleep in our bed. And uh, like every now and then he like tries to sneak in at night and I'll be awake and he'll be like sneak. You can see him peek his head in. He's just seeing if I'm asleep. He don't care about mom. Like is dad asleep? Because he knows when I see him, I go, nope. That's my wife. (laughs) Get out. This is my bed, right? Like he, like our kids, if we let them, will take priority. And it's not even their fault because we train them to do that. It's not even their fault. The greatest thing we can do in training our families is to put it in the right order. God did not design our whole lives to be holding on to it with white knuckles, hoping that it doesn't fall apart. It was always designed for us to order it and let Him sustain it. Come on, what is God doing right now in your life? Ask yourself that question. It's the litmus test. I want to pray with you. Will you bow your heads and close your eyes? Our band's going to come. They're going to play some music. Come on, maybe you're here today and you would be honest. If you were real honest, some of us, we would say, man, this right here, that's non-existent. Sorry. (laughs) And And if I'm real honest, it looks kind of like this. And some of us, this isn't here, it's way back here. And you're wondering, man, why can't we seem to get this thing right? And why is my marriage struggling? Why is my job? Why can't I? Why? Why? Why can't I? Why can't I? Why can't I? It's because we're out of order. I promise you, here's what God's word says, that God has a good plan for you, one to prosper you, not to harm you, one to give you a hope and a future. Come on, he wants the best for you. He wants the best for you. But the only way you'll see the hand of God on your life and see his best is to put him where he belongs. Come on, he's the foundation that holds everything else together. He's the foundation that holds everything else together. Maybe you'd start today and you'd be honest. And you would say, Brandon, I don't don't have a relationship with God. Come on, there's no relationship there. There's nothing there. I can't tell you the last time I've had a conversation with God that didn't involve me just in an emergency situation, needing a miracle. I can't tell you the last time I've had a like placed a priority on my relationship with him. And I can't tell you the last time that 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 led to priority on my spouse and it led to proper order in my home. I want to tell you, maybe it starts today with you starting a fresh, a fresh, brand new relationship with God. I'm going to invite you to pull that connect card out we spoke about. There's a spot on it that says, I'm committing my life to Christ. Maybe for the first time in a long time, you'll recommit. I'm going to pray with you in just a moment. I'm going to lead you in a prayer of commitment. But I believe with all of my heart, there are people in this room, in this sphere of influence, maybe you're listening online, 
via podcast or on our website. Whatever it looks like, where you are, I believe that there are people that the Holy Spirit of God is touching your heart right now. He's saying, that's you. Come on, that's you. You don't have a relationship with me. Come on, I want to introduce you to him today. First thing you can do, come on, mark it on that car. Right where you are, come on, be bold, be brave, right there. God, I'm committing my life to you. I'm committing my life to you. Finally, first and foremost, you're going to have priority. You're going to rank first in my life. Father, we thank you for your grace and your mercy. We thank you that you are good and you have a good plan and a good purpose for me. It's for my good and for your glory. God, I just pray that you would forgive me of my sins. Come on, right where you are, if that's you. Forgive me of my sins. God, I pray that you would do what your word promises. Throw my sins as far as the east is from the west, never to bring it up again. God, I accept you as my Savior. And maybe for the first time, I'm going to walk out of this place following you as my Lord. You're going to have first place in my life. Everything else is going to flow from my relationship with you. And so, God, I give you my life. And you get all the honor and all of the glory. And God, I pray for my families here today. God, every family represented. God, I pray that you begin. God, the hand of God begin to rest on every family. God, that we change the order. Little tweaks lead to high peaks. God, that the calendar begins to change. We delete some things that have taken precedence that shouldn't have. And we begin to put in place opportunities. God, to reorder the course of my family so that it can honor you and so that your hand of favor and blessing can be on my life and on my family. God, we love you. We thank you for your grace and your, uh, your, uh, your, your goodness and your salvation and your unconditional love. You're, you're worthy of our praise. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, church, 1015. Come on, can you honor him today? Come on, is he worthy?